Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Poetic, the Poetic Podcast on Podcastic. I am your host, Rose Marie Wilson, a.k.a. One Single Rose when I'm nice, a.k.a. Pearl when I'm naughty. I'm not sure who's going to come out to play later on in the, broad, in the broadcast, but we'll figure it out as we go along today with our very special guest coming to us all the way from Arizona. He is a phenomenal, just a force to be reckoned with. And you'll hear a little bit about the method behind his poetic madness as I bring him to the stage. But I just want to give love and show love to everybody who has been showing love to the Poetic Podcast. I was at an event this weekend and one young lady was like, oh, I've been watching the podcast. I want to come in and be a guest in the studio. So we will be having a few in-studio guests coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. And that's, that's going to definitely be a, um, a good time. But I am excited to have my second guest from out of state here with us today. He's coming to us all the way from Tempe, Arizona. He goes by the name of Dom Root. He's blooming where he's planted. Y'all give it up for Dom Root. Hey, thank you very much. There he is. Hey, Dom. Hey, how you doing? We can't hear you. Please unmute yourself. Oh, I should be I should be good to go. There you are. How about now? Yes, all is well. How are you? I'm blessed. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on this beautiful sunny afternoon. How's the weather down there in Arizona? Uh, it's hot. It's it's hot. It's, it's 103 maybe, 104. Oh, well, I ain't mad about that. <laughs> I'm surprised you're not melted. <laughs> right. Yeah, nope. I'm I'm just on a quick little lunch break. And uh, no, I melted before I got back to my spot. Yeah, I definitely was melting as I was coming up the steps. That's what took me so long to hop on. I had to dry off real quick and get situated. <laughs> well, we glad you made it on. 
If anyone Absolutely. would like to call in with a haiku, the call-in number is 313-268-2811. If you feel compelled, that's 313-268-2811. So, Dom, we're just going to have a conversation so that everyone can get to know you, all of the fabulous and amazing things that you are doing poetically and otherwise around this world for the love of the word. Is that cool? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm ready. <laughs> All right. So tell us, where did you get your pen name, Dom Root? That's interesting. Yeah, so my full name is Dominique Sir Charles Flagg. Um, and throughout my life, like, I've done a lot in terms of art, from dance stuff to music, poetry, writing, all that stuff. And over the years, I've honestly just been all over the place when it came to my name. I got some embarrassing, like, attempts at when I was, you know, in middle school, high school, trying to figure out what to call myself from from D Magic to Supreme to Young Flex, all kind of stuff. But I just wanted to kind of keep it tapped into like who I am. Um, my name is Dominique Sir Charles Flag. When I got to Arizona from LA, a lot of people called me Dom because my nickname was Damo or, you know, Dom for some people. But when it came to the root, like I Am Root was a brand that I started, uh, I want to say back when I was in high school. So like 20, 2010, 2009 or something like that where I was just like, man, like I play for this football team, like we're 0-40, like football is not my my dream. I mean, not going to be my end result. So like what's next for me has to come from within me, if you will, because like, you know, it was just it's super busy. It's jam-packed in L.A., it's gangs and all that stuff. So it's like if I want to change my life, if I want to go to the next step, I need to be the root. You know, I need to be that foundation for whatever it is I want to do. So came up with the brand I Am Root, pushed these positive messages. But like, I, I just realized a lot of what the brand pushes is exactly who I am as a person. Like I, I'm that root. I love being behind the scenes. Uh, I love writing for others, producing and all that stuff. So it's just pretty much a combination between like what my message is, is to like be a root, you know, and kind of help sustain this plant that we call like our ideas, our life, our livelihood. And same thing with my friends, just to be that support system for them and then just keep it authentic with who I am. So I threw the dime on the beginning. No long-winded answer, but I hope I hope I tackled that one for you. No, that that was very interesting because you tapped into a few of the other questions that I want to ask you as we go through our hour. But that's very okay. interesting. I know a lot of poets play on their real name and add a little flair to it. But with you taking it to another level with your and branding the root. Why root? Uh, for me, like it, it, it really describes like my, my personality. Like I'm not the branch, you know, I'm not the, the fruit that's going to pop out in the spring, get that nice apple or peach. Like I really am low key. Like some people, some will say shy, introverted, however you will. Um, but I do love art. I do love to create. So like I'm in the space, but like I've produced for so many people, I've mixed and mastered for so many people. And that's where I have the most fun. It's like helping people. All right, here's what I want to do. You know, and they come to me. And we hash out these ideas about how to execute it, if that's tracking the vocals. Um, you know, even for some of the poets that I've helped come up out here in Arizona specifically, like I love being behind the scenes. Like, all right, I want to do X amount of shows, Dom, by the end of the year. I want to be this kind of poet, Dom. Like, what should I, you know, what steps should I take? And I enjoy really being there with other people. I mean, also with myself, like I love my art, but I get a real kick out of like really rocking with other people. So for the brand's sake, like, we really are rooting for people. Like we're rooting for you to do well. And we want to be that support system to help you actually achieve those goals. Cause like coming up, I definitely thought I was going to pursue like law or philosophy. And 
for that reason, like I used to lie to like my mom's friends and stuff. My mom's a hairdresser. <laughs> uh, so like anytime her clients would come by, they'll be like, oh, you going to Arizona for college? Like, what are you going to study? And I used to just cap, you know, I used to say, oh, I want to be a lawyer. So I'm going to study law. I just kind of make up these things just so they didn't ask me like, oh, you want to do art or you want to be a musician? Like, what else are you going to do? I kept getting hit with that question. So to be honest, like, you know, when I moved forward with the brand, it was about like showing people like, yo, don't be ashamed of what you want to be. If you want to be an artist, like stand on that, but also take the steps necessary to become that. Don't just say like, hey, I want to be a music artist or I want to be X, Y and Z, like actually take the steps forward. So that's kind of a little bit of behind like why, you know, we are who we are. It's because really, again, like we, we got to show these artists, like don't be afraid to like tell people like, yo, I do poetry and say it with your chest out. You don't got to. Oh, I do poetry, but I want to be a lawyer. Like, you know, like stand on that for real. Absolutely. That's and you're you're rooting yourself, but you're blooming from wherever it is that you're planted and whatever it is that you want to do. I see what you did Absolutely. there, Dom. Yes. Yes. Trying. That's dope. I love it. I want to say hello to a few people checking in. Hey, Shatan, all the way from Mississippi. We got Richard Heath checking in from here in the D and Bianca, the young lady I just told you guys about who wants to be in the studio audience, she most definitely will be. So y'all will have a chance to see her. Hey, y'all. Thank y'all for tuning in. I appreciate the love. So, Dom, when did you start writing poetry? Um, so I'd say that was probably like fourth fourth grade or like four, between fourth and like sixth grade so there was a what year was that 2003 is when i graduated so yeah probably like 2000 uh, shortly after 2003 um i started writing poetry originally it was introduced uh to me uh from one of my english teachers we have to do a project uh that was centered around like creating this poetry like project but at that time i thought i wanted to like rap and like do music and make beats so i tried to like my idea was to like, it was my first time writing poetry, but I made, I recorded the poems and then put them on a CD. Mm -hmm. um, so I put them on a CD and then also printed them out, like, you know, turned them in. And that was my like first time ever doing it. And then I just felt like, cause I'm, I'm super expressive. Like uh, I'm a mama's boy or a grandma's boy in that sense. Like I was raised by three amazing women, my mother, my grandmother, and my auntie. Um, so I used to always just love telling them how amazing they were and, you know, all the stuff that they were packing into me. Like I, I used to just like write little letters and stuff, telling them how awesome they were and how much I loved them and how much I Aww. wanted to change our lives. So poetry was a good way for me to really like get those ideas out. Like I grew up in a super hyper masculine environment when it came to like playing football and the street life and stuff like that. So like writing poetry was like truly my outlet to be able to just like, you know, show my love for the things I genuinely appreciated without like, you know, sugarcoating it or, oh, yeah, that's cool. Or I like that. Like, not just being, like, completely transparent about how I feel. Like, yo, that's beautiful. Or that made me cry. Or I'm in love and I feel like this. You know, it really you know, allowed me to have some emotional intelligence, if you will. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's very important that you are in tune with your feelings. You are unapologetically in tune with your feelings. You aren't that... My well, you I'm sure you are a macho man, but you're not so macho that you aren't able to you are unable to tap into the feelings and be able to let them out as they need to be relayed to others so that they can know that it's OK to feel it's OK to cry as a man. That's very important. 
as an outlet and poetry is an outlet for that and you are definitely using it to the extent and to the the utmost uh that it should be used because you're doing so much with the word and helping so many people through the root brand and we have you to thank for everything that you do for the arts here not not just in Arizona but you've reached me here in Michigan and that was an right. amazing, yeah, that was an amazing feat. Your reach isn't just local. You're you're out here. You're nationwide with the love for the word. And a lot of people that I've come across and had the opportunity to talk to on Poetic, they started writing poetry at a young age. So if you hadn't found the love for the word, where do you think you would be artistically now? Um, I'd probably be a copycat, to be honest, like a <laughs> little Wayne clone, like, you know, like those are my influences, like coming up, Ludacris, like all that stuff. Um, so when it came to like making music, I was just like creating what I saw, honestly. I was like, oh, I could do that, you know, take a rhyme pattern, talk about stuff I don't got, <laughs> you know, women I've never seen in my <laughs> life, like all that kind of stuff that people just go on those tracks and do, like that would have been me, but like poetry just allowed me to get super creative with it. Cause everybody, I mean, music as well. Like you still can go at it your own way, but without no music, everything removed, it's just silence and you step into a room and how you start that poem could immediately set the tone for like what's to come. So mm -hmm. like how I, you know, gravitated towards poetry was just that freedom, that blank canvas for me to, I want to start with a screen, you know, I can start my piece with a screen or if I want to say, hey, I dropped my cup of coffee on the floor and that reminded me of uh, and then roll off of the cup of coffee thing. I could do that. It's like so many different ways to do it. And it just wasn't one way, you know, so I kind of, you know, just genuinely enjoyed that. I used to read a, a few of like some of the Harlem Renaissance poets and that stuff got me kind of charged up as well. Like being from the inner city, like I definitely gravitate towards like social injustice and kind of like <laughs> truly how they treated the black person, you know, all of our lives. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like those stories. I was I definitely ready to tell, you know, when it comes to street stuff, like I'm ready to tell those stories. So it just really lended me that open floor to like just talk about what I want to talk about because not all my friends did poetry, not all my friends did music. So it was really for me to a way for me to talk to myself before anybody cared to hear what I had going on for real. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very therapeutic. Behind every good song mm -hmm. is a good poem. So it's got to start somewhere. <laughs> And you're really, you're really touching on a lot of my questions that I have for you, but without sounding repetitious, we, we still going to get back to it. Mm -hmm. So why did you start writing poetry in the fourth grade? So originally it was that by project, like, uh, well, I mean, I'll be transparent. Like I did have a crush on that teacher, you know, so uh, I was like, oh, I'm, about there to, you go. I'm about to go crazy. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to show her, like, I could really do this, even though I've never written poetry, like. It's a teacher completely out of my league and, you know, so, but it was just, you know, that was my inspiration. I just wanted to make it, you know, make her, make her feel like, oh, this little kid's pretty dope at poetry or this idea is creative. I mean, that's, that's me in general, though. I'll be honest, even if I didn't have like a slight crush on the teacher, like when I sign up for things um, or even if my mom put, put me in like a program back in the day, like I go, I go 110%. I kind of give things all I got just cause like, I don't know. I feel like my name and my face card is valuable to me. So like next time someone sees me, I don't want to be known as that guy that put up that half, you know, that half ass effort, you know, in terms of whatever was being put out. So, um, yeah. So when it came to the poetry thing, I had no idea that it would be something I pursue long term, but I did have a good time doing it. 
I thought, man, look at me. Look, I'm, I'm being creative and I'm like finding ways to like use my brain. I was super, I was into entrepreneurship back then, selling candy, kind of hustling and grinding in my schools at that time. But like, I still needed that, that outlet to feel like I was being myself, you know? So yeah, no, that's, that's pretty much why originally I had the crush and I go hard at the things I do. And once I tried it, I was like, wow, this is, this actually works. And, and in fact, like, I think I enjoyed writing more. So like little short stories and the poems and I could just kind of fabricate these experiences, even if I didn't have them, it was kind of new for me. So definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, love is definitely a um, guiding force behind a lot of artistic creativity and music and poems. And yeah, that's what got me started. But it was the other way around. I was the woman scorned. And then mm. I had to write past all that pain to make it back to the love. So, yeah, poetry is most definitely an outlet. And that's what I am finding out by talking to a lot of the poets who come on the show, that we have a lot of that in common when we create. Mm -hmm. So which poetic form are you more likely to use when you write? Um, so we talking like, like textbook, like Sestina, Haiku, Villanelle yes. type of thing? Yes. Um, I am, I'm a sonic guy. Hmm. Hmm. I'm okay. a sonic guy. Knock out some double sonnets here and there. I like to get straight to the point sometimes, you know, and cause I can like, when I'm doing spoken word, I can kind of linger on and kind of tell that story for a long period of time. But like on my, when I'm on the page, I like to make use of the white space there and, you know, not to create nothing too long, but I feel like that 14, I usually get me in the right spot. Yeah. Yeah. That's one that one form of poetry that isn't explored very much. So when you say it's not it, I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> right. That's, that's very exactly. rare. Yeah. So can you, can you share a piece with us right now? Yeah, I can actually. I don't have too much committed to memory, but I got I got my stuff handy, so I just pull it out. Um, working on a new new series of poems called Identity Crisis. So with yeah. that in mind, I haven't I haven't had too much time to memorize much. But so what I have right here is random. I just flipped to a page. It's, I don't know if it's in my book deep or not, but we're gonna rock with it. Let's go. Title is called Judge Not. So everybody has a story that extends well beyond their micro presentations on any given day. <clears throat> we wear faces foreign to the ones found in our dreams, but we do it to survive. Even in those mere moments, we spend far too long dwelling on the parts of someone that align with wicked depictions of how we think it's supposed to be. The pages are frayed after centuries worth of writing. Our stories differ from cities, from the cities to the suburbs and out past the junkyards. At times, our past experiences lend us to hold generalizations as evidence for one's lack of qualification. And to be frank, it's about the misappropriation of respect on every level. Hmm. We all have a past that is more or less noble. We've crippled to the pits of indecision and faith lost. But the good thing about faith is that it fares well against the odds. So it'll always be restored. There must be things to love, 
to care for and believe in, a drive of passion. Some find it in art, music, business, while others find it in animals, nature, or researching the various dimensions of this planet and what's beyond it. We share a common condition that features a humanitarian gift coupled with a worldly, with a worldly desire to feed capitalistic intentions for mm. possession or even power. It has not a name or remedy, but I like to say once you zoom out of a person's micro through his or her macro, you get a lot closer. It is there we tame the conditions of our agreement here on this earth. So yes, yeah, my piece, judge not. Yeah. Thank you. That one phrase that caught me, the misappropriation of respect. And it's always misappropriated. Because people Absolutely. we don't we don't respect each other nowadays. And I don't understand how that happened. Because we used to respect our elders. We called our elders ma'am and we did the yes sir and the yes ma'am and it didn't matter who if you were doing wrong which adult got you right you respected them but nowadays these mm -hmm. kids people don't know how to respect each other and it's like respect is a lost art nowadays Nah, yeah that's very true like i learned that coming up super early you know from my mom she used to say like if she ever got in trouble like all the adults on the block would get a get a piece of that before she got home you know in terms of like a little whooping or some kind of discipline you know what i'm saying and, and and same deal like a lot of my folks that are out in florida like growing up it was different on the west coast like we didn't say a lot of yes ma'am yes sir but like we still had that kindness and that respect for our elders like even to this day like i'm 30 years old but i don't use foul language in front of my mother or my grandmother like I, you know i still dance around like certain bad words where I got homies out here in Arizona where they're on the phone with their mom and they're, it's F-bomb this and I don't care about, you know, and it's just like, it's just different how we treat our elders and like kind of show them that that love and respect, you know, kind of generationally, not, that guy's a little older than me, but still it's just like geographically, a, you know, folks are just doing things different nowadays. And when it comes to respect, like that's, that's, that's basic for me, that's the base level, you know, and if you, if you're not showing it, you're definitely not getting it in return. And, you know, our interactions are going to be far, you know, few in between. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I hope y'all picking up what Dom is putting down today. We are talking about growth and he is most definitely getting me together on quite a few subjects and a few areas right now. Judge not. I loved it. Loved it. So you, I was listening to one of your, um, your suede music video. Now, was that you singing? And also rapping and um, performing poetry in that video. Uh, yeah, yep. Okay. So pretty much, I'm I'm on the hook, uh, and I did a verse, and then I have one of my buddies, Lee Water. He's featured on that song as well. So you you sing, you got bars, you perform poetry. What else is it that you do artistically? So like my main get down is a. Uh, uh, sound engineering, so mixing, mastering, live sound production, and like music, making beats, like in producing beats. Uh, the singing, that is, uh, man, when you have a great support system, people push you to do things you wouldn't like normally do. Like I, my dream, like I grew up on Music Soul Child, like a lot of R&B stuff, like that's like Neo Soul vibe. So I've always wished that I could sing, which kind of probably is a true reason why I was like brought to poetry, because that Neo Soul feel, that downbeat kind of feel, and doing poetry over it really worked for me but um 
Yeah, for Suede, like specifically, I wrote that song for the gentleman that's featured on there. Like, I wrote the hook, I wrote the verse, and I was like, yo, here, man, you can take it. You can take the verse and the hook. You can do whatever you want because he's a singer naturally. Um, so I was just like trying to cook up and get something on his newest project. But then he listened to it. He's like, man, I love it. Like, bro, it's like, I love it, but I don't want to like sing exactly like how you did. I want to keep your part and I want to add something else onto it because like the way you got off, it was a freestyle. So like it was tough for him to kind of like duplicate that same kind of vibe and like mode that I was in. So like I just let my homie talk me into like keeping my part on there, you know, and um so yeah no nah, technically i don't sing or i don't i try not to release too much with singing because like i know i'd have to get on stage and do that and again like i'm low-key i'm the root <laughs> not the the branches so i try not to like put myself in uncomfortable positions but again like i have amazing people around me that'll kind of you know put me up when i need to be like he genuinely liked it and it was like yo you should keep it bro and let's make it a collab and do it this way so i went for it Hey, you never know. That root might turn into a branch. And if it takes you over there, what you going to do? You going to say no or you going to roll with it? Uh, yeah, I'm rolling with it for sure. That's what's up. <laughs> well, speaking of suede, let's check out the suede video. Falling in love again. You made me believe in falling. 
made me believe in Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Sway, sway, sway Your love feels like sway, sway, sway your love feels like sway, sway, sway. Your love feels like sway. Your love feels like sway. Your love feels like sway, sway. Your love feels like sway, like sway. Your love feels like sway, like sway. Your love feels like sway. Like sway, your love feels like sway. Your love feels like sway, sway, sway. Your love feels like sway, sway, sway. Your love feels like sway. All right, we just sitting here bopping. <laughs> hey, appreciate it. Yes, that was dope, dope. So, how old is this piece? Uh, so this would have been last year. Uh, so like 2021, about a year, a little over a year, year and a half, maybe. And uh, back in February, like around Valentine's Day of 2021. Yeah, that's dope, and and it's timeless. So that piece can travel and go for years and years and the message will still be viable. Yeah, absolutely. That was the goal. You know, something, again, like that I can, ultimately I was hoping the other gentleman would have took it and went crazy with it. I'm I'm definitely satisfied with the outcome of like what it was because the message is true. Like you got to take care of it. Suede, you can't get it wet. You can't step up in the mud and some suede, you know, you got to make sure that you treat it right and, um, it'll last you a while if you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like that real, true, unconditional love. Yes. Yes. Love it. So tell us where has poetry taken you aside from um, a physical location um, in your mind, um, different events, where have you gone poetically? Oh man. So, I've definitely had an opportunity to face my fears when it comes to poetry. Cause like public speaking wasn't my thing originally, just speaking in general. Like if there's a group of maybe 10 people or more, I'm probably going to be the quietest one there. But like one-to-one, maybe two-on-one interactions, like I can usually, you know, have a, a quite a bit to say. But again, like I usually kind of more reserved in large groups. But poetry has really given me the opportunity to kind of like really like when I step on stage, you know, I get to have control for that. 10 20 minutes that i'm up to rocking it and i do enjoy that especially when i like commit a poem to memory and i really give it that like performance side element too like uh it gives me a a great sense of like happiness um so one place like actual destination i got to do some stuff with usa today here in arizona uh it's like a storytellers project so i just got to talk about my it wasn't necessarily a poem but it was like a story that I got to infuse a little bit of poetry with. And it was just like how I became who I am today from selling candy to playing sports to stepping into art. Um, and then outside of that, it really like growing up, I would say coming out of high school, like I had a horrible relationship with my father. 
and even today is probably not the best, but like poetry has definitely helped me address that because coming out of high school, um, I didn't, you know, want to talk to him. He was here in Arizona where I ended up going to college and I didn't want to link up. I didn't want no snacks from him. You know, it was just rough just because of how I felt like my mom had to do that on her own without any uh, support or no check-ins, no pulling up to the football games. Like she was pretty much dolo. And, you know, my grandmother or my father's mother was really like stepping in and like, I mean, doing way more than a grandma should have to do. And mm. even my father's sister, who was my auntie, those three women raised me. So it was like, yo, your sister and your mama out here for me, but you not. So I, I kind of took that uh, a certain way. But mm-hmm. uh, through, so my aunt, my cousin is a pastor in Florida and she had a friend named Romal Toon, who's a reverend out of DC. And he was working on a book called God's Graffiti. And the book is basically uh, inspiring like Bible stories for teens and mm-hmm. you know, eight different chapters about eight different figures in the Bible. And he hit me up and, you know, he said, hey, man, I'd love for you guys uh, to turn my poetry book. I mean, my poetry book into uh, eight poetry performances. So basically take a chapter, kind of tell it through your lens and then make a poem for it. And I just so happened to get like the chapter of Ishmael and Hagar and like the story in there really relates to like a dude, you know, having issues with his relationship with his father based on his love for and relationship with his mother's like that kind of thing. So I was like, dude, I got to I got to attack this head on. Like the guy was paying. It was a great opportunity for me to kind of put my name on the map and also bring in some other poets that were from the area. I mean, that I went to college with. They were from like Texas and Chicago originally but we were all in arizona for college but um yeah no so i just took that opportunity head on like when it came to the chapter of ishmael um and kind of like dealing with how i felt about my father i got to really tell it through my lens to the point that it was honestly like the first time even my grandmother or you know other folks really knew how i felt and i kind of felt good getting that off my chest like even today i don't perform that poem as much because like my feelings aren't as brash as they came out in that poem but I would mm-hmm. say like going through those emotions, like definitely allowed me to kind of, I would say get over it, but like forgive him for that, you know, and say like, yo, I understand like parents are people too, you know, and um, I can't like hold that against you for the rest of your life. You know what I'm saying? I'm just, we're going we're gonna to move forward in, in the ways that we can. And I'm not going to carry so much hatred for what didn't happen in my life because I turned out to be a great young man still, you know, so poetry for sure, like when it comes to like my mental health and my ability to like communicate like what's going on in my brain, uh, specific around the emotions. I could talk all day about business and other people's art and helping them get to the next level. But then once you start cracking open that like can of like, how you feeling or those emotions, like it, it does take a little bit out of me. So I've been using art as a way to really like talk about what's going on in my life or like how I'm feeling about things and making sure I'm okay in that way. So more than like actual travel, like I've, you know, hit some different cities doing poetry, but like, I think it's had the biggest impact, you know, transported me from the person I was to like a much better person today, which I can communicate, even if it's not in the form of of poetry, I can definitely communicate how I'm feeling, you know, or if I like something or if I don't like anything, you know, I could just speak on it now versus back in the day, I would just like hold it in, hold it in and be angry, you know, or, you know, however I try to internalize those feelings, it wasn't healthy for me. But like poetry has allowed me, man, I, I'm leaps, I'm leaps and bounds above like kind of how I used to deal with situations, and I'm I'm very happy about that. That's growth. That's growth yeah. right there, like for real. And we share a similar story. I I started off writing po- poems to my dad about my dad, and before he passed away, I let him know that I had written some poems 
foreign about him and he might not be pleased with him. And he was like, you know, I probably deserved every word. But it's like actually seeing the words on the paper and how they come to life just from you writing them down. And then once you release them, it's like a whole weight is just lifted from your shoulders and you just feel that much better and that much that much more secure in who you were and who you're about to be because you let it go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, what made you begin curating poetry events? Uh, so we got into the events um, primarily because I'm a shy guy. Like, I don't like doing <laughs> stuff by myself. Like, you know, I got all the ambition in the world. Like, I can grind. I can set some stuff up. But, like, I don't want to be the main attraction. You know, it's like, hey, everybody, come out and see me. You know, it's like, you know, come see me and the homies. Like, we're about to come and, and do our thing. So, that's where it really started. Like I was into art, but I didn't know that many people out here in Arizona. I knew that Arizona State was like one of the biggest party schools. And then through the dorms uh, and my roommates or whatever, I had met some other like black dudes that were into music and I were from LA. So I'm like, all right, I got a, I got a, a little bit of like, you know, in terms of reach, I have a little bit of reach. So I'm gonna just figure out how much it costs to rent a venue and I, get some speakers and we're about to just run it, you know, and, and kind of go there. And at first we did it to where it was just, you know, hey, come through donations only. We're just taking donations, come through and check out these poets. But like once I realized like, oh man, like there's a a, a spot for this out here in Arizona. Cause like specifically our events, we were making like these young college kids dress up. Like you gotta go get your, I'm going out clothes. You know, it's not, this ain't no, I'm going to the club, I need, shirts and ties i need heels nice dresses like we're gonna look like we we in our upper 30s in this mug you know and yes. really that was because like in arizona the gun laws are super lax so after some of these parties folks are out here shooting up stuff so when the venues here like hey uh is there gonna be like a hip-hop dj like they're gonna turn you away so like originally we would lead with like yeah we'll have a dj but this is like a r&b poetry night you know everybody's gonna be dressed up i had to really push that aesthetic to kind of help venues like you know view us in a different light because they were kind of jamming black people all together is party life nightlife or whatever it's like we don't give them a taste of nightlife but like this is about poetry this is about enlightenment this is about looking good feeling good like nobody's trying to start trouble when they and they like i don't want to call it a sunday outfit but like yo your nice shoes you know you got like this expensive shirt on you know you're looking like a million bucks like there's no way like you're trying to like cause trouble, you know, nine times out of 10. So that was our push. Like we wanted to just make, make it look dope. Like with young folks dressed up super nice and sophisticated and uh, sure we'll still play some ratchet music, you know, to get turned in there. But like the visual aesthetic is like we in there clean cut, like we having a good time and we look like some, you know, like we are supposed to be somewhere. So that definitely like was like part of the reason why we got into it. And, you know, originally I was like low key, wanted to get some stuff going with my friends and, we made it into something after that. Dope, dope. And that's, and that's really important that you touch on looking like something when you come out and when you're on a stage and when you, when you go out and you're feeling good and you're looking good, that just changes the whole, the, the way you carry yourself when you're out and about. And I, and I can understand that. I, I totally get it. That's, that's great that you saw that need and you filled it and, and you didn't deviate from it. 
because sometimes we'll deviate from a certain look because we want to get the money in the door. But all money isn't good money. That's, nah, that's just, real. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, and when I have my nice little outfit on, like I feel more extroverted, low key. Like I got this suit on. I want everybody to see me. You know, I'm shaking hands <laughs> and dapping people up. And they're like, oh, Dom, you more talkative than you usually are. And I'm like, man, you see what I got on? Like, right. Do you see I this suit? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yes. Yes. So can you drop us another piece? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So if, if you don't mind, I'll share one that I'm like in the works on right now. Um, over the last like few years, I've been like kind of reshuffling like what I'm willing to share. Even that one I read earlier was just like a random flip of the page. But like this is something that I'm working on right now and it's not complete, but like it's definitely more in line with like where I am today. Okay. So this one is called it's untitled, but it'll probably be called People Change. Um so People Change and that story's old as time. I take pride in evolving through the stages of my life from childhood dreams to the reality of today. I feel I found my stride because even when it gets dark for me, even when it gets dark for me, I move with the goal in mind. My name usually precedes me like a bad game of telephone, mostly curated truths and summations of half-hearted embraces around my victories and shortcomings. But I live for moments like this where my art gets to exist as the liaison between you and what's to know about me. I'm in a season of growth, and I wish that for you. Some of the things that used to matter, they no longer have use or hold weight as I learn to operate in a better headspace. I'm not alone in feeling alone, even among company, droning through meaningful conversations, a dark cloud from place to place to places. I felt restricted, detoured by the words that hung over me. I've tested my own faith, and for what it's worth, I'm a real one. Hmm. And I'm in a season of growth now, and I wish that for you always. I wish you the type of peace that our parents never got to hold. You know, the peace of growing old and seeing your kids do the same, or creating generational wealth for the ones who carry your name. Hmm. And yeah, so far, that's where I'm at with uh, People Change. Yeah. That's dope. You got me in my feels over here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's dope. Dope, dope. Very in tune with the Thank topic you. today. Growth. I, I knew that you were going to come with something on growth. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> hey, see the plan. That's what I'm about. I love growth. Absolutely. So let's talk about the I Am Root lifestyle. Tell us a little bit about that yeah. and your root brand. You got the inspirational quotes, the hats, the stickers the tees and you're wearing one of the hats right now tell us about that yeah yeah so that started actually first like that was the first thing that came it was just i got my first i worked a job i got my first ever refund check or whatever on my taxes it was you know twelve hundred dollars or whatever it was and i took it to the carson city council i got me a little business license and a wholesale permit and i just went online and bought a bunch of stuff that i could sell and resell and at that time I was in LA still. So I'll go down to Venice beach at 5 AM and I'm just selling, I'm reselling items. So these are, you know, Bruins hats. These are Dodger hats, all the sports teams. I'm selling hats of those. I got white t-shirts. I was selling sundresses. I felt like baby boy. Uh, I felt like Jody out of baby boy. Cause I was pushing dresses. <laughs> I had the necklaces. I was really doing it all, honestly. <laughs> and, um, 
yeah, so that allowed me to kind of save up enough money to get like equipment and all that stuff down the road. But so we resold mostly and I had our first shirt ever was a focused t-shirt and that stood for faithfully open to creativity, uplifting and success. So that was our thing. We always got to push these positive affirmations and if it's an acronym or whatever it was, that was our thing. And now that we're not reselling items and we're, you know, making all of the stuff that we're pushing, um, again, it's still that. Like we're pushing items that have a thought-provoking message. So I am root is an acronym as well. I love acronyms or these double meaning type of things. So uh, it is inspiring all of mankind. So that's the I am, I A M, inspiring all of mankind by restoring often emitted traditions. So you know, when it comes to building community and kind of some of the axioms that culture are like kind of predicated on when it comes to just making people feel like they exist in the community, like we want to restore those things. If that's, man, having having community dinners where folks in the community come out and eat and chop it up together. Or if it's just, you know, we create a situation where people feel comfortable sharing ideas or, you know, some kind of support system, some way that people can feel like they are a part of a community that genuinely like cares about their next step. Now, mostly we service creative arts and entrepreneurs, but like, honestly, anybody can get this love. You know, anybody can get this inspiration that we have because that's why we got the thought provoking messages for the shirts. And, you know, we're looking to get more into kids stuff and some maternity shirts because like it really fits the wave of like, you know, the type of people out here that are in charge of like households, like who, you know, we would love to tap in with teachers and, you know, moms and different <clears throat> folks like that when it comes to our items, because those messages are, you know, things that like, for example, like my grandmother, she used to make me recite a prayer every day before going out to church, I mean, out to school. So it was like, I would not believe the lies of the devil, for I know that I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me, which is why Philippians 4.13 is like tattooed in my brain like that, that scripture. Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes to our brand and Iron Root lifestyle, that's what it's about. It's just like, you know, being an upstanding individual who, you know, just take care, who can take care of business. And on the brand side of thing, like our messaging, it's just genuinely centered around like helping people realize their true potential. Like I always tell this story because like my high school football team went 0-40, like the varsity team. So they lost every game for four years straight. Wow. So like it was very quick that I learned that I would not be playing football. Like that wasn't going to be my my thing. But one thing that I can say is that my family was at every game, home or away, like at least 15 deep, you know, five mm. to 10 people minimum. But 15, 20, they in there like going crazy for me as if like we were winning all of those games. Like, you know, and they make noise when I get a tackle or they turn up for me when I'm walking out at the end and all that stuff. So that kind of just made me feel like, yo, it don't matter what I try to do. Like they got me, like they got my back. Like I can fail 40 times and they'll still pull up. Like I succeeded all those times. So when it came to the brand, I'm like, yo, I realized a lot of my homies and people that I've run across, they don't have that same kind of love from their family. You know, I had the relationship I had with my father like the rest of my family, like they showed up and they showed out for me. So when it comes to other artists and other creatives and other individuals, like I'm just out here trying to give love, you know, kind of show them like, yo, where I come from? Because my people showed up for me. So as much as I can, I try to show up for other artists or, you know, share their videos, tap in with what they have going on, you know, have those extra conversations with them. Because when it comes to art, you know, some people will get treated kind of shady, you know, so that's all we about is just, you know, really pushing that, that love side of things and, you know, just trying to make this feel like a true community of, of people who actually like care about you. You know, I mean, there's only so much that we can actually do, but like the messaging that we're pushing is, you know, predicated on love and positivity. That's dope. And and you most definitely do that. Um, even through your 
your Rooted Minds Poetry Contest. Did I say that correctly? Is that that's the name of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. So that started in 2012, and uh, we still won every season. Um, and yeah, I just honestly just put my money up, and you know, we were giving away um, merch or we'll do cash giveaways, varying depending on. Uh, what I could afford at the time, to be honest, but like that was my thing. It's just like, yo, we gonna we gonna push this poetry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. Everybody loves hip hop and R&B, jazz, and you know all those all those are great. But poetry is equally as amazing. So you know, I wanted to make sure that the poets also like going to. I went to college. I went to ASU, and I also studied creative writing, specifically poetry. And I had a hard time there, honestly. Like, I was coming from like a spoken word background, so like. You know, you step into the classroom with that spoken word type of talking. It it's not always received well. You kind of kind of find this transition to be able to like exist on the page and kind of make those teachers happy. So um, yeah. So it kind of honestly came out of that. I was like, yo, you know, I want to make sure that all poets are kind of getting an opportunity to, you know, come up with something and like do their thing and be celebrated. So we started in 2012. And we still been rocking, you know, um, our next um, usually the topics are coming from like the guest. But, um, you know, we we like to if we find some inspiration, a theme or something going on in the world, we like to throw that out there. Uh, most recently, we were sponsored by Bravo or Famigo is their new name. And they were helping us out a lot to kind of increase the exposure and also increase the amount of money that we can gift away. Because, again, like we deserve when I say we poets, spoken word artists like we deserve those opportunities to submit for some things and get some chances to win and get our name out there. So that's all it is. It's just like really continuing to push poetry and like the message of poetry further out. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's dope. When is the next contest coming up? Uh, so the next one, I, I think we're going to be doing the fall one. It'll probably be like middle of October uh, or like beginning of October. Actually, we'll start accepting submissions um, and that'll be our next one. Okay, and if anyone would like to tap into the contest, where would they be able to find information for that? So general info, uh, you can always find it uh, at I Am Root Co. So we're on IG, Twitter, uh, at I Am Root, and then CO at the end. Or if you hit our website, like um, uh, pretty much we're constantly like sharing on the Rooted Minds blog. So if you just go to IamRootCo.com and hit the blog tab, you'll be able to see any info for our upcoming uh either events or like virtual events such as um, the poetry contest. And if anyone would like to connect with you to stay in the know about all the fabulousness that is Dom Root, where can they find you? Uh, Yeah. So for me, uh, I'm on Instagram under uh, my personal website, which is domroot.world. So you can just use that, search that on IG. That's my handle. But that's also my website, too. So in case you want to check out any of the things that I've created personally, uh, you can visit there. I will say as like a person building a brand, it's been super difficult to like separate myself from the brand, not in like a negative way. But like, again, like the brand is something that I created and I'm continuously creating other things as well. So coming up, it was so tough. Like people will see me and be like, yo, I am root, you know, and I'm like, nah, we a group. It's like it's more of us than just me. But like, you know, I appreciate you noticing the connection. So. Lately, as of late, I've been making sure that I kind of put that out there so that folks know, like, I'm a different individual. Because sometimes I talk my shit and it's not necessarily conducive to, like, the brand, per se, you know. So I don't want people to get confused, like, when I'm doing my poetry thing and I'm popping popping off here and there. Like, 
the Iron Root brand, we still love you and we still root for everybody. But like when I feel how I feel, I do have to express it. But domroot.world is uh, where folks can keep up with me. Absolutely. And keep expressing everything about growth. Keep growing. Keep those roots planted. Keep up the good work and everything that you are doing poetically and for the arts in Arizona and nationwide. I so appreciate you for coming on to Poetic this afternoon. And I hope that everyone who is listening will tap into Dom Root. Stay connected with the artists. They have a lot of beautiful things going on. And we most definitely want you guys to tap into these artists. Thank you again, Dom, for coming on. And we are here oh, every... Oh, no, absolutely. Yep, go ahead. Oh, and I'm just saying absolutely. I just want to say thank you. It was a blessing to even... I'm uh, sorry for the long winded, but like when you sent that video in for the poetry contest, like the energy that you came with was amazing. You know, cause some folks, you never know, they standing in front of a camera and they kind of being shy. Like when you dropped your video, you definitely came with it. So I was just appreciative of one, having someone of your experience level and your stature, like submit to our contest. I'm just so blessed that we found you and that you asked me to hop on your podcast today. Hey, we connected now. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and for all the love. I appreciate you. And I'm definitely going to stay connected to you and always tapped in. We's here now. <laughs> Y'all give it up for Dom Root. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Everyone who was in the comments, Nett, Rich, um, Dominique, Bianca, Annette. No, and, uh, I can't. Miss Kilpin. Um, Satan, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I am your host, One Single Rose. You can find me on all socials as One Single Rose. That's O-N-E, Single Rose. And I'm just going to leave y'all with a little love today. At first sight, we knew we'd come together as one. Slowly becoming acquainted until comfort set in. Appreciative of time taken to love one another. Everything gazed upon is loved from head to toe. Smiles that make the spine chill as the interior froths. Mental challenges forcing contemplation. Ears that hear speech emitted by motion. Met at the right place and time when loving is so easy. Together composing romantic volumes of nonfiction. Deleting final chapters. There's no end in sight. One single rose, no stem. See y'all next week. Taking some time to keep it real I'm gonna give it to you straight up In your face with no chasers All I'm trying to do Love spreading love Real love love putting Y'all up on game Pay attention Make sure the energy